And I'm telling you, the devil is not going to have this nation. And you're, the American people are not going to spend their lives being on 90 different medications, sick and afflicted. It's time for revival. It's time for the fire of God to set this generation free. Yes, praise you, Lord, tonight. Every hand up, Lord, we give you praise. We give you praise tonight because you are worthy of our praise. In the midst of this crazy world, we have chosen to stand. Lord, we are the restraining and we stand in Holy Spirit. You are welcome in this place. Have your way, rule and reign, do what you want to do. In Jesus' mighty name, church shouts, amen, and amen. Praise you, Lord. Give me some on this, guys, so I don't have to yell. I'm a little dilapidated from screaming for 90 minutes last night and 90 minutes this morning. And I want to introduce to you, really, for me, like I told you this morning, Pastor, Pastor Rodney is Tom Brady. And I'm going to introduce you to Aaron Rodgers, the best pure preacher in America. I'm not kidding you. The best I've ever heard in my life. I am not kidding. The best of the best of the best is here tonight. I'm telling you. I am telling you. Welcome, Jonathan Shuttlesworth. <laughs> Love you. Well, give Jesus a great big hand clap. It should be noted, the only two preachers Pastor Tom has ever listened to is me and Pastor Rodney. <laughs> How many are you expecting God to do great things tonight? Praise the Lord. Before you're seated, when he gave me that nice introduction, it reminded me of... Uh, this lady came up to me when I first started preaching. She was like super excited, older lady. She said, you're the best evangelist I've ever heard. And then I said, thank you. What other evangelists have come to your church? You're the only one I've ever heard. Thank you, I'm the valedictorian of summer school. <laughs> Man, I'll tell you, it's been, uh, before you're seated, it's been a whirlwind. Mm, what has it been? 24 hours. We, uh, I felt when I was at Pastor Rodney's uh, Ministers and Leaders Conference to go on Tuesday night, I felt the Lord put in my spirit, get to Canada now. The last time I was in Canada was October 2019, before the lockdown, and uh, I haven't been able to go since because Canada wouldn't let anybody in that was unvaccinated. I don't have any problem with the vaccine, but it's very difficult to preach only using half your face. So... <laughs> For that reason, I chose to remain unvaccinated. <laughs> Just a little, st little stroke joke. Uh, so, 
I went, uh, I went there like the Lord, you know, thank God for my, the pastor who's my brother-in-law. I text, not too many guys you can text on a Tuesday last week and say, let's do Sunday through Saturday, which I normally do Sunday through Friday, and morning and night. I felt like to hit it, ever since COVID, I feel like every place I go, I want to hit it like I'll never get to speak to those people again. So we went, and man, you could tell it was God-ordained. Some nights, there were more people from outside of the province of Quebec than inside. You had people flying from British Columbia. There was a pastor who did seven days in solitary confinement for keeping his church open. He actually moved his church to a tent in January in New Brunswick. It was minus 30 degrees. And they still, after moving outdoors in a tent, they still cited him for a gathering because he had uh, closed the flaps of the tent. He, he was preaching in one of those hunting outfits like you see on the outdoor channel where only your eyes are open. You know, if his tongue touched the microphone, it was over. So uh, anyway, you could just tell people had not been in a packed church service and were so hungry. And it made for an awesome meeting. So it started out great. And then, you know, the momentum caused more people to, to fly in. There was a lady that testified the other night. You know, my mother grew up Catholic. I'm, I'm very much not anti-Catholic. I like Catholics. I actually added a 6 p.m. Uh, Saturday communion service at my church in Pittsburgh uh, to lure them in because Catholics are great people. They believe in miracles. You know, they burn their toast and see Joseph. <laughs> you can work with that. <laughs> if somebody just doesn't believe in miracles, you got a problem. So, uh, Anyway, this, this lady came, and these were her words. And, you know, Canadians are the most polite people on, on planet Earth. She said, I'm not trying to disparage any religion, but I grew up Roman Catholic. She said, I'm 50 years old. I've learned more about Jesus in the last two days than I have in all those years of going to church. So then she doesn't know the terminology or anything. So she says, you guys are going to think I'm crazy. But I came because my friend told me about these meetings and flew us here to get prayed for. And she said, I have a cancerous mass just above my liver. And she said, you're going to think I'm crazy, but I felt something like fire burning where that tumor is. And she said, all the pain's gone out of my body. And it was, then it was just one testimony. Let me, uh, and I, I keep saying before you're seated to give you hope, because I will have you seated plenty. But stay on your feet for, for a second. Here's a message I got on the plane on the way down, because I was there this time last night. So I woke up this morning in Montreal. The customs office is closed uh, at night, so I couldn't fly out after the service. Flew out really early this morning, landed in Pittsburgh and cleared customs at 9.25, and then went to the pulpit to preach at 10, did Pittsburgh, uh, our home church there. We had 637, I think was the final count, and we honored veterans, had a ton of veterans in there, Navy SEALs, that all, all, great people. Gave away some firearms, and then... Um, And then, and then I spent about three hours with, with my family and hopped back on another plane down to here. Let me see if I can find this testimony if I didn't get buried. Hold on. Searching. There it is. So this lady brings her daughter back to get prayer. And I've uh, done this before where the, you know, the, the, the mom is very connected or the, or the adult. And then they want prayer for their teenager or young adult. And you can tell they're not feeling it. So you almost feel like not praying, but the first time that ever happened was in Plattsburgh, New York. This lady said, can you pray for my son's finger? I think he injured it wrestling and tore a tendon and was going to miss the rest of the season. The kids are standing there like chewing gum, like not, it's not like he's like standing there praying in tongues. 
So I, I was going to not pray, and I felt the Lord say, honor, honor the mother's faith. So I grabbed his hand gently and said, in the name of Jesus, I command your hand to be healed. And he nodded and said, yes, and they went away, and then he came back the next night. My, my hand, I, I don't have to quit wrestling or, or anything. I, I got it checked. I, I'm fine. So this was this situation. Um, where did it say up above? Hi, Pastor Shuttlesworth. Thank you for talking to me today. Um, I was wondering if you could pray for my daughter tomorrow. She's been battling low self-worth, depression, and anxiety for a few years. Frankly, we both have. Would it be possible tomorrow? And I, uh, and I did. So then she writes me back after we pray uh, th today, in, in, in this afternoon. I won't say her name. Said she doesn't need her medicine anymore. We're both changed. Thank you. I wrote, what? With a question mark, exclamation point. Yes, she was taking anti-anxiety medicine, and three days after you prayed for her, she said she doesn't need them and wants to stop taking them. God is so good. I've been holding faith for just that outcome, and the week you were here was the week her school randomly had off in November. Thank you. And that was, that's two that happened in that week that it was one after another after another. So, and then I, there was a testimony at church this morning that just really has me flying high, and I haven't had a chance to, to sleep or anything, so I, the, the feeling hasn't worn off because it's just been straight preaching. So I came to today um, maybe a little different than I would normally. I want to take tonight, and whatever the devil has done in your life, whether it was recently or a long-standing battle, tonight's going to be a night of God's miracle-working power turning your life around. And I mean that. I'm not saying that to draw a crowd because the crowd's already drawn. I'm telling you, God is a mighty God. Can you say amen? amen. I'm going to uh, play a video in a, in a second that I think you'll like. The Lord laid two crusades to do on my heart this year. One was in our home city of Pittsburgh, and the other was at the motorcycle rally in Sturgis, South Dakota. And uh, that was an interesting venue because... I don't know what you know about Sturgis, South Dakota, but not a lot of people are going there for prayer. <laughs> They're going there to put people in a position that they need prayer. <laughs> so I felt the Lord speak to me, uh, almost like instead of going to all 50 states, you can come to Sturgis, and the, all of America's there, and they're, they're conservative people, but, but they, they need the Lord. And so we put a stage up in the first night we had on the big crusade field, we had 16. Like the first night in Pittsburgh, we had 3,085 people. The first night in Sturgis, we had 16 people on a big crusade field. Looks like a complete failure. And I preached in seven people. Thankfully, I'd had several failures before, so that I was unfazed. I just preached to the 16 people that were there. And seven, came, seven of the bikers came forward to make decisions for Christ. So th then the Lord gave me an idea the Lord gave me an idea uh, that the tactics we were using don't work because if you pass literature out to somebody on Thursday for the meeting that starts Sunday night, they're probably not even in Sturgis anymore. People aren't coming for the whole two weeks. They come for two days, three days, and then they got to get back to work or back to their probation officer or whatever. So uh, the Lord said, gave me another plan. I said, start going into the saloons in Sturgis and ask to meet with the biker chapter president. And, and uh, start doing incentives for any, any chapter president that brings his whole club. Well, that started to turn things around. The next night, instead of 16, we had 101, not a ton, but 101 raw, unsaved bikers. 
And then when I preached that night, the thing really broke. And the thing that has surprised me, I don't know why it surprises me, but it does, is that these things, you think it's a big enough deal getting them to hear the, the gospel. But then when you go to leave, everybody starts blocking you. Excuse me. I have uh, leukemia. Could you pray for me? You get done praying for that person. There's three more people waiting. I'm talking about unsaved people. You're going to see one guy. He's wearing the same Viking hat that the guy at the January 6th thing had on. And on the horns is impaled two bra cups. I don't know how you get a lady's bra impaled on your helmet. I don't want to know. We don't judge. But I'm going to tell you, in 21 years of preaching, that was the first time I ever saw somebody wearing that as a hat in church. Even when he was getting touched by the Lord, he lifted his hands wrong. He was going like this. So I'm talking, they were not recommitments. So I'd get done praying for the next three, and then there's a whole bunch of other people block blocking my path to one prayer. So then I just said, let's line everybody up. Everybody lined up for prayers, 102 degrees out. And we went down laying hands on people, and they, we didn't have catchers, because I wasn't expecting anybody to fall under the power. They're not charismatics. They weren't checking for a catcher, modesty cloth lady, and slowly go back. So I lay hands on the one biker, and he shoots off his feet into the grass, and on his way down, yelled out, what the hell was that? That's a true story. Oh, we got a rowdy crowd here. <laughs> you like that? I looked down and said, next time, just say praise the Lord. That, that'll work. <laughs> go down praying for everybody. So the, the testimonies that came out of that and the raw testimonies from people that didn't know the Lord two hours ago, and they simply latched on to God with their faith. You know, God doesn't care how long you've been coming to church. It's not Subway where after your 10th sandwich, you get it punched and they give you a gift. You don't earn things from God through church attendance. You go to, I'm, I'm faithful to church. I'm not knocking church attendance. I'm a pastor. It's very important. But there's people who go to church their whole lives for 35 years and never have one testimony because their faith's not engaged. They're just listening to like a lecture. But if you'll turn your faith on, which is not easy to do in the natural, when you've been getting slapped for 35 years, one attack after another. The thing that it does is deaden the inside of you. Well, I guess that's my lot in life. I guess that's how things are gonna work out for me. Religion will tell you that's your cross to bear, but that's not the story of the Bible. The story of the Bible is there's nothing the devil has done to you that God can't turn it around today. Now, before I play that video, since I'm in church with Pastor Tom, let's just show the supremacy of God. Go back to January. We're facing an OSHA vaccine mandate where OSHA is going to have free reign to come into any place with 99 employees or more, and they're going to lower it to 30, and soon they'll lower it to two. You lose all private property. The only difference between a communist nation and a free nation is private property. If the government come in at any time, make sure church workers are masked, that everybody's vaccinated, that was a real thing in January. And my Uncle Ted was preaching, my dad's oldest brother, who's a real prophet. He was preaching in Dallas, Texas, and I heard him say, with all this stuff in place, he said, I was praying today, and the Lord showed me a fearsome, dark creature over the United States of America. And I said, what is that, Lord? And he said, that's the strong man that has set up over the United States since 2016. And he said, then a shaft of light came down and hit that creature, and he burned up in fire.
And God said, see now, I'm removing that strong man and you're going to see all of this infringement on America lift. He gave that word in Rowlett, Texas. And three days later, the Supreme Court votes to overturn the OSHA mandate. When he, even conservative people said it was gonna, it was gonna lose 5-4. Then you have Roe versus Wade, 50 year battle, flip over. E EPA, EPA versus the West Virginia coal mining companies. The, uh, the EPA loses, which the article the next day in the New York Times is now, what's the point of even having an EPA? It's because that was going to be the arm they were going to use to implement the Green New Deal, which makes it impossible to farm and grow your own food. You're going to be eating some kind of industrial sludge, just like the World Economic Forum wanted. God flipped that around. Then it's been New York State ruled last week that anyone fired for not uh, taking the vaccine has to be rehired with one year back pay. You go from being unemployed to getting a check for $94. I'm telling you, you can find a lot of preachers that have given up on the United States of America, but you listen to me, God is not finished with America. The devil will not write the last chapter of this country. The last chapter of this nation is gonna be written by the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I believe I'm looking at hundreds of people that God's going to anoint you tonight with fresh oil. He's going to use you at your mechanic shop, wherever you are, whatever he has you in. You're going to be a Holy Ghost sleeper cell agent that disrupts the plan of the devil in Jesus' name. That's why you're here. That's what this week's about. This week is about kicking the devil's head and reminding him you're not in charge. You lost 2,000 years ago. Jesus Christ kicked your tail. We are his body and we have work left to do. And brother, we're going to get it done in Jesus' name. If you receive that, take 30 good seconds. Clap your hands, all you people. Shout unto God with the voice of triumph. Now, Somebody shout hallelujah. hallelujah. You can be comfortably seated. Watch a six minute highlight reel of the devil getting his butt kicked at the motorcycle rally in Sturgis. Sturgis, South Dakota is known for its annual bike rally where millions of bikers and veterans gather together from all over America. Evangelist Jonathan found this as an opportunity to reach people from all corners of the nation with the gospel of Jesus Christ. As people came and left the bike rally daily, the transient population presented a challenge that we've never dealt with before, but that didn't stop us. As our massive sound system blasted, the gospel message spread throughout the area, bringing bikers and veterans hey, can you pause it real quick? Ever the devil's done to the... You know, the, whole, the Holy Ghost gave me a line one night when I was preaching there. It actually made me laugh because it didn't come from me. I said, a lot of you on this field have conservative values. You know, bikers are, are freedom people. I said, but you don't get to go to heaven because you have conservative values. I said, think of this. You don't like abortion. You don't like wickedness. You don't like communism. But if you don't receive Jesus Christ, you'll go to the same hell Nancy Pelosi's going to. <laughs> and when I said, how many of you want to get saved? You just say, oh, I'm not. <laughs> and you could tell if I'd have said the devil's in hell. Oh, yeah, I'm okay. Nancy. Nancy Pelosi's on her? Okay, I'm not. <laughs> Whatever I have to do. All right, go ahead. Divide your life and divide your home. God will turn it around tonight when you surrender your life to Him.
Um, so I came over to get prayed upon or get saved, and um, when he called me up, it was amazing because I, I don't know how to explain it except it was just happiness, love, peace, everything came up, just swarmed over me. I mean, it just it was amazing. I, I don't know else, what else. This was totally, this was amazing. And I thank you, Jesus, because now I know I'll be up with him. Every one of those flags represents 10,000 soldiers. God's healing that. priests and preachers only. God will heal anybody that has faith to call on his name. They asked for prayer. My veins are plucked up. So I wanted God to clean them out, right? And I could feel him talking and praying as he come towards me. But I wasn't looking. All the next thing I know, I'm on the ground and God is all over me, laughing. And it was there's so much joy and stuff in my heart. I couldn't contain it. But when you come to Jesus Christ, the curse gets taken out of you, washed Isn't out that amazing? of you, and the curse gets replaced with a blessing. Can I tell you something else? It doesn't just stop with you. The Bible says the curse is to the fourth generation, but the blessing is to a thousand generations. When you serve the Lord, every battle you've had to fight in life, your children never have to know those battles. It only takes one person in a family to say enough is enough. We're not gonna serve the devil. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. He came over here yesterday. We wanted to hear the message and see what was going on. And you walked up and you told him what he was suffering from. And you put your hand on his chest. And I've seen sideshows, but I've seen sideshows. But what I saw happen, I, I, I'm still dumbfounded. He left here, took the oxygen off of his nose, and he walked from here to our camp without oxygen. And at 10 o'clock last night, he was still without oxygen. But that man has not had a breath without assistance in over a decade. So, till yesterday. But cats like him, cats like me, you know, we ain't getting fooled. We're not going to be, we're not going to be played or fooled. But what I saw yesterday. Some guy wrote after that, I, I posted that. He said, you're just taking advantage of weak-minded people and you get them stirred up emotionally. And I wrote back to that guy. I said, if you'd like to come to Sturgis and tell that guy that he's a weak-minded person that got taken advantage of. I said, and I'm, I'm serious. I said, I'll, I'll pay for your hospital. I'll pay for your, uh, I'll pay for your flight but I will not pay for your hospital stay. Can you imagine going up? They tell, like preachers, they just get people stirred up and they tell, go tell that guy. You think that guy's lying? Cat, as he said, cats like him don't get fooled. And actually, when he asked me to pray for his friend, I was just you know, doing what he asked. And when I came up to him, I knew. Someone was asking me when we were teaching on the gifts of the spirit in Canada. When you say, when you call people out and know what's wrong with them, how do you know? And I told him, for me, some people hear a voice, or some people have an angel appear to them before they go to preach, but for me, 
It's always just like, like I know my name's Jonathan Shuttlesworth. I went up to pray for that guy on oxygen, and I knew. I said, you have COPD, you have emphysema, and then there's a third disease in your blood that they've been running tests and can't diagnose. They don't know what it is. I said, the Lord's gonna heal all three of them, and that guy heard me, and then prayed for him, and that guy took his first breaths from that time on in 102 degree weather, unassisted for in 10 years, and like he's, they came back dumbfounded. What are signs and wonders? They make you wonder, how in the world did that happen? And that's the calling card. You don't get that in Buddhist temples. You don't have that in mosques. They don't even attempt it. But Jesus is alive, and he lives forevermore, and when you call on him, he'll answer you. Now, one more thing. A lot of things, one thing that keeps people from receiving miracles is people have said, like on Christian radio, if you got yourself into the mess, don't expect God to get you out. Well, if that was true, we'd all go to hell. Because God didn't do the sinning for us. We sinned and came short of the glory of God. God is a God. God's not a jerk. God's rich in mercy. That even if you messed up, if you call on him, he'll pull you out of whatever pit you're in and set your feet on the rock to stay. God's going to do that for people uh, tonight in Jesus' name. Go ahead. You can continue. Uh it was probably the most powerful thing I've seen. Whatever you did, whatever God did through your hand, uh, that, man's, that man is going to live a lot longer than all of us had hoped. So thank you, thank you. Each night, the crowds increased in number, and people from across the nation gathered at the altar to receive Jesus Christ. If you let Jesus step in, he'll evict everything the devil planted in your life while you were living in sin. He'll extend your years. He'll clean your blood. He'll, he'll give you back your eyesight. He opens the eyes of the blind. He unstops the ears of the deaf. Came last night and I felt so good. And then today I haven't eaten, like I can't eat. Four years of this pain and throwing up. <laughs> Growing up, and and I'm skinny, you know. Uh, but I ate two meals today. I've had some juice. I've had a whole bunch of stuff. Everybody's like, "Are you okay? Why are you eating?" I don't know. Like I came to Sturgis to hang out, buy bike parts. Then I found Jesus, and it's a whole different thing here, right? God is way bigger than anything, and I know for a fact today in my heart. We got lots of medical doctors, but there's only one big physician, only one, only one, and he's the only one that can do it. And he, I don't got it anymore. Like, I don't know where it went. I've eaten today. I, I ate part of my boyfriend's burger. I don't, there's no other explanation. There's really just not. Yes, I just believed it, and it happened. Like, it, I almost can't wrap my own head around it because it's so, four years not eating. I'm drinking Insure for old people, right? I can't eat. I've had a whole week. I don't know what else to say. God is amazingly good. Well, I, my daughter was murdered. Uh, year and two months ago. My daughter was murdered and 14 months ago. I've been having arguments since, since she's been taken from me. And uh, tonight, I'm, it's the first night that I've actually said a prayer in a year and two months. 
so, you know, that, I, uh, I don't, I don't, he's, I, I was, I was holding him responsible for what happened. I felt a relief, I felt a, uh, you're home, you're home. You know, welcome back home. We saw 101 salvations for Jesus Christ. Seeing patriots from all over the nation touched by the gospel is what truly made Sturgis Fest special. Can you say amen? Well, you're going to get to see a video tonight no one's ever seen before. It just finished getting uploaded uh, while this one was playing. So at the church, Adonis picked me up from the airport when I cleared customs this morning at, at 9.30, and she said, the lady came from, uh, where did she come from? Somewhere in New York State, not New York City, I think Buffalo. And uh, she came to testify about what God did. And we had her testify during the communion service. She said, he said, uh, she said you should have her testify this morning, which my wife's never said that since we started the church 10 months ago. So I just took my wife's word for it and had her testify and I'm telling you, this is one of the most powerful things I've ever heard. This lady got some kind of disease, she's like my age, and she was bedridden, 91 pounds, and in an adult diaper had to be helped to the bathroom and confined to a wheelchair. And so they stopped treating her and just kept her vitals monitored and waited for her to die. Anybody she called, they just watched her vitals. There was nothing they could do for her. You'll see her, she looks, she looks like death. And then she said she was watching something on YouTube and accidentally clicked on my, uh, it said miracle service. So she just gave it a whirl and clicked it. And she started hearing uh, Kofi preaching in his West African accent. What God can't do doesn't exist. And then uh, I preached that night and she said, so she downloaded the app and just started listening to preaching all day, every day to build her faith. She said, I don't know what parts of her testimony they're going to put. I had her testify for 19 minutes. That's how powerful it was. She was a goner. And she said, no lie, I would battle suicide probably 100 times a day. And I believe her, 91 pounds confined to a bed. And during her time in bed, she left this part, part out because, you know, it's not Sunday morning talk. I even think about leaving out here. Someone came and raped her and impregnated her. So now she's carrying a child in that condition. I mean, insane. And then start, keeps confessing the word, goes into, begs her caretaker to take her to Pittsburgh to be at the church, that 90-some pounds. And they take her in and uh, wheel her to the front, and Kofi prays for her. It was the day Dag Haywood Mills was there. This is this, is this year. She was 91 pounds in, in February and March. Comes to the place, comes to our place, and has Kofi pray for her, and uh, moves from wheelchair to walker. And then came back to testify today wearing high-heeled boots with all her weight back on, gave birth to a healthy baby. I'm telling you, I've been going to church. My dad's a preacher. My dad's a good preacher. And my uncles are preachers. And I've heard a lot of miracles. This, this is like, this is raised from the dead before you die. And Jesus did it. And I'm playing these to build your faith because I'm telling you, there's no, nothing you came in here with that you have to leave here with. Go ahead. I, I'm, in, I'm interested to see this. Go ahead and play it. I found myself completely uh, crippled. 
I was confined to a bed. Um, I had a, my central nervous system was completely destroyed by years of harmful medications. And I had lost feeling in my face. I had lost feeling to control uh, certain, um, any, anything in my body. I convulsed for months at a time. Um, it got to the point where it was too, uh, too strenuous for three people to take me to the bathroom. So I had, uh, at 33, I was in adult diapers. Look at that. And That's this year. I was completely hopeless and I was unable to sleep, couldn't feed myself. Uh, I couldn't read. So one day I was, uh, I was really pressing into the Lord, but I still felt almost like my wheels were spinning, but I wasn't getting anywhere. And so I was on YouTube, um, actually just on someone else's channel, and I saw, um, it said miracle service, just a, a picture, and it had Pastor Jonathan on it. And it just jumped out at me, and I was like, well, you know, I guess I'm gonna just, I'm desperate. I'm 97 pounds going into, at this time, uh, one of the most shocking things was I was also pregnant. And so going into my second trimester, I was 97 pounds, needing 24-hour care. I would turn on the 24-hour broadcast and just stick it under my pillow at night. And I would have Pastor Jonathan screaming in my ear all night. And my mom would say, you know, in the month of January, I slept only 10 hours. And so I should have um, had so many seizures that I would have died. That's what the doctor said. But I have Pastor Jonathan screaming in my ear. And so it was screaming faith and building faith in me. There was a, a message that Jonathan had preached and it said, uh, he said, um, behold, today I sat before you life and death, blessings and curses. Oh, that you would choose life so that you and your seed may live. And I, I was carrying, carrying a seed. He, by the, when we pulled in, there wasn't a parking lot here. And so we pull in and it's all rocky and I'm thinking, how am I gonna roll this stupid thing over here? So I tell my, my person, I said, just, park here. That's not a parking spot. I don't care. So we park there, get out. We're rolling up in here. We get into the back and I'm like, oh wow, that's a long walk. So, but I felt the presence of God. I walked in and just looking, I felt the Holy Ghost just like a wall. It hit me and I just began to just tears. And it was like, I just felt the Holy Ghost, like putting my faith in action. And I knew that the Lord was meeting me where I was at. And so I came here and Evangelist Kofi after, um, so during that time I still could, I couldn't clap. I couldn't raise my hands. Um, I couldn't stand during worship. Central nervous so, system completely um, blown I out. Just sat and I did the, the very best that I could. And afterwards, um, Evangelist Kofi laid hands on me, and he prayed that God would expedite the healing work that had already become, the begun. 
So that was the uh, first week in September. So here I am today, and that was the last day that I used a walker. The last day I used a walker. And I drove myself here. God made a way where there seemed to be no way. I drove myself. I carried luggage on the, to the second floor of a hotel. I took the stairs just because I could take the stairs. And I walked here, and I parked really far away too. And I walked, and look at my shoes. Before, I couldn't even wear shoes because it hurt so bad. Shame on the devil. Shame on the devil. Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. I'm headed to West Africa at the end of the month. They sing a song over there. The words are just simply, he's a miracle working God. He's a miracle working God. He's the alpha. He's the omega. He's a miracle working God. Lift both hands all over this place. Father, everyone that's watching online and everyone that's watching live, I thank you for the Holy Ghost. I thank you that though Jesus went up to heaven, he didn't leave us alone. He sent another named the Holy Ghost who's with us always. And when we receive him, he gives us power, an endowment of raw supernatural power for all things that pertain to life and godliness. I thank you for your hand that's on this church. I thank you that that stupid storm came and went, and now all it did was load this church with insurance money to build you a palace filled with people serving God, being touched by your power. I pray right up front, Father, thank you for the privilege of being able to minister your word. Thank you for sending me everywhere you send me. It's such an honor. I dreamed of this in Bible college and you made it come true. Thank you for using me. What a privilege to be your servant. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, my Father. Thank you, my God and my King. I pray you'd use me tonight to dispel your resurrection life into every broken spirit, every troubled mind, every shattered heart, and every sick body. In Jesus' name, every cancer in the sound of my voice, you made a mistake coming into the auditorium. You died tonight. In Jesus' name. And the people of God shall live. I speak to every central nervous system disorder. Alzheimer's, beginning stage Alzheimer's, Dementia, beginning stage dementia. Every person leaves here with a clear head. Love, power, and soundness of mind. No one will ever have to introduce your child to you. In Jesus' name. You're leaving here with every oppression of the devil. Lifted. In the name of Jesus. I thank you for it, Lord, and I give you praise. And all God's people said... How many of you can feel Jesus in this room? Where's Ben? See in the back room? Ben, how long would it take to get that video of my Uncle Ted preaching in Columbus? Ten minutes?
You can be honest. 12 minutes? 14 minutes? Go ahead. Just give me the thumbs up when you have it. Take your Bible, turn to Acts chapter 8. Mm. Acts 1, then we'll go to Acts 8. Much like Aaron Rodgers, I'll call an audible at the line of scrimmage. I don't like the look of the defense. Acts 1. Praise you, Lord. Acts 1, verse 4. After Jesus rose from the dead, once when he was eating with them, he commanded them, do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised. As I told you before, John baptized with water, but in just a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Ghost. Why don't you say that phrase with me? Say, baptized with the Holy Ghost. The same way John baptized in water, I'll baptize you with the Holy Ghost. So there is an old Pentecostal book. The title was, The Anointing Within and The Anointing Upon. When you get baptized in water, you're wet. It's on your clothes and everything else. There's an element of the infilling of the Holy Spirit that also gets on your body. Smith Wigglesworth, the great British evangelist, was sleeping in the, in the uh, master bedroom of a house. Back then, you know, it's a recent thing. Some of the older folks that are here would know. Because even when my dad was traveling as an evangelist in the 80s, unless you were in a larger town, there weren't hotels and uh, there might not even be a motel. So the custom was you had a nice family in the church, clear out their master bedroom and put the evangelist there. So Smith Wigglesworth fiz, uh, finishes the week of meetings and when he finishes, um, the wife gets upset and says, uh, you can't leave. My husband doesn't know the Lord and I was praying for him to get saved this week and he never came to one meeting. Please stay one more week. He said, lady, I have to go. I I'm preaching somewhere else. But don't change the sheets of the bed. So she listened to him, very odd instruction. And that night, her husband starts rustling around in the bed and then uh, starts tearing at the sheets and then starts crying and gets out of the bed and kneels down and gives his life to the Lord. Why? Because the Bible says that God gave Paul the power to perform unusual or special miracles that even cloths or garments that had been on his skin were taken to those who were sick. And when the cloth made contact with them, any sickness or disease, the residue of the anointing on Paul's flesh, the residue was strong enough to drive out any sickness or disease. And the Bible says any demon spirit left, came out from touching cloth that had touched Paul. No pulling the person in a back room and casting the devil out for four hours. Last Sunday, I preached on power over the devil. And I gave an altar call to get saved. And the one lady goes out under the power while we're doing the sinner's prayer. And when they went to help her back up, she looked at me and went, <sighs> and so I looked at the crowd and said, guess today's going to be an illustrated sermon. <laughs> now what they didn't know and what that, that demon didn't know and, or the lady is I had a plane leaving to go to Montreal and I had to clear custody. I had to leave immediately. I was turning the mic to Kofi to close in prayer and driving directly to the airport. So when that demon manifests, I don't have time for a big show. 
I'm not asking you who your name is or who your cousin is. I don't care. I said, come out. And it growled again. I said, no growling, no noises. Now. And it left. And then the lady starts crying. Thank you so much. Gives me a big hug. And I went to let go because you know, lady hugging me in front of all these people. Three seconds is acceptable. Five seconds starts to get a little weird. And in this political climate, you can't be on camera doing stuff like that. So I go to kind of like pry her off and she goes, I don't want to let go of you because she was full of the devil. Kofi told me that when she came into the sanctuary, she passed out as soon as she walked past the partition where the sanctuary is. There is a real devil, but there is a real Jesus who gave us power over all the power of the devil. I'm going to tell you, whatever you're dealing with, it's rooted in the demonic. There was no sickness or disease in the Garden of Eden. There was no CVS pharmacy in the Garden of Eden. There's no children's cancer center in heaven. All those things came on the scene when the devil came on the scene. John Alexander Dowie said, sickness is the foul offspring of its father Satan and its mother sin. Sickness is the foul offspring of its father Satan and its mother sin. There was no sickness or disease. In the beginning, it was not so. God did not, that's why death hurts so much. I, I, I spent, you know, one of the, now that I'm a pastor, I've been doing pastor things. The Lord changed me. Uh, there's a guy that went to our church two different times. Once in May, once in, in September. And a couple weeks ago, two weeks ago, his son, 32 years old, was driving to work. An 18-wheeler driver wasn't paying attention. His son was stopped in traffic, and the 18-wheeler hit him full speed. The son had the seat, his seatbelt on, but it didn't matter because the 18-wheeler hit him so hard, it broke the chair and threw him through the windshield, and he was dead. His mother was talking to him on the phone, heard the crash, and then heard it go silent. And she told me when I went over their house, I, I knew what had happened. When I went over there, I told them, the reason death is so painful, I said, I have to go to Montreal. I can't do the funeral. But if some preacher comes here and tells you that God had a plan and we don't know what his plan is in this or God needed another rose for his garden, I said, not only is it not the devil's will for your son to die in that accident, if God had his way, it was his will for none of us to ever die. Death is the last enemy that will be destroyed. The Bible says that Satan and death will be bound and thrown into the lake of fire forever. God never intended anybody to die. That's why it's so painful when people die. And so though now, because of Adam's transgression, it is appointed unto every man once to die and after that the judgment. You don't have to die on the devil's terms. I said you don't have to die on the devil's terms. You can make up your mind, I'm going to have what God said I can have. He said, with long life will I satisfy you and show you my salvation. Can you say amen? amen. So what, what provision did Christ make that you can dominate the things that come from hell? The things that dominate ordinary people. And you hear people, in church even, people make it like that's just part of life. Well, it's hard to keep a marriage together. Well, uh, people say to me, I see your daughter loves you. She's nine. Wait till she turns 14 and gets a boyfriend. It's like people program you. How many know we could get sick at any time? What? No, that's not a scripture. 
The Bible says, not only am I saved, but I am seated with Christ in heavenly places, far above all principalities, all powers. I'm not, the devil's not over my head. The devil's not over your head. The devil's not eye to eye. The devil's the same place today that he was in 2016 and the same place he'll be tomorrow. For the believer, Satan is not over your head. The devil is under your feet. And this week is going to be a reminder to him. He's not in charge of you. He doesn't dictate how high you go in life. Jesus is your master. He has the victory and he's given that victory to the church that is his body what a refreshing easy place to preach Jesus is alive he conquered death he conquered the devil he conquered his power Luke 10 17 the disciples came back joyfully reporting all the things that were done master Luke 10, 17 to 19. Master, even demons obey us when we use your name. Jesus didn't go, seriously? He said, demons, I saw their boss, Satan, fall like lightning out of heaven. And behold, I give unto you authority over all the power of the devil. How much? I give unto you authority over all. What, what had that lady who's younger than me? 97 pounds. You saw the look. That's the look of death. When, when they bring somebody for prayer like that, you have to rebuke a spirit of death. Mouth agape, skin drawn tight. That's not even natural in your 30s. Came on her all of a sudden. Then what does America do? It's how they make all their money. You're not even supposed to take Tylenol every day. So how do you prescribe somebody morphine daily? Blew out that little, 97 pounds. You put them on a morphine drip or morphine by, by pill. Blew her central nervous system out. You know the thing, we had to edit that testimony down for 19 minutes. She said, any noise was excruciating to me, but when you started preaching, it didn't bother me. Why? It's the anointing. It's the sweet balm of the Holy Ghost that heals and takes care of all life's problems. One time I was preaching somewhere and a guy said to me, the way you preach, you make it sound like uh, if you accept Jesus and have a relationship with him, it solves all life, life's problems. So since before I was only making it sound like that, let me say directly, if you come to Christ and open the door, because I'm telling you, me and Pastor Tom came up in a generation where, yes, Jesus can, but how many of you know there's also other things we need to supplement? I'm telling you, the older I get and the more I read of the Bible, I'm more convinced today than I was yesterday, and I'll be more convinced tomorrow than I am today. Christ is the answer. His power that he gave unto man is the answer for everything that goes wrong in life. If you'll access that power, there's nothing the devil has done to you that God can't turn around tonight in Jesus' name. One more time, if you believe that with me. Do what the Bible says. Clap your hands, all ye people. Shout unto God. I hear the sound of the armies of the Lord. The devil is defeated. He's defeated in your life. He's not going to have the final say. Oh, 
y'all go ahead and make some noise. Look at this place. I see a mighty army. There's enough firepower in this room to blow the devil's sorry rear end clear out of Florida. Yeah, the devil knew what was coming. That's why I tried to blow this church down. But he does what he always does best. He's an addicted loser. He fails at everything. His greatest plan was to crucify Jesus to a cross. How did that work out for him? Bible says, had the rulers of the world knew what they were doing, they would have never nailed our Lord to the cross. Because when they nailed Jesus to the cross, his blood fell, and that blood broke the hold of the devil on all mankind. And he gave orders, go ye into all the world, go ye into all the world, and preach the gospel, baptizing them. Let people know I died for them. Let people know that the devil that has them bound is a toothless, spineless, person who's had their authority stripped. The doors have been opened and you can walk out of that prison today, not by might, not by power, but by the Spirit of Almighty God. Somebody shout hallelujah. I was minding my own business, getting ready for bed when I was eight years old. My mom and dad sent me up to change for bed. I picked up my pajamas from the bed, and when I looked up, there was an angel across the bed. First one I've ever seen, last one I've ever seen. And I just stood real still. Somebody said, what did the angel look like? Fierce, like someone not to be messed with. Jonathan, God has reserved you for the last period of time. This is 1988, if it was the last period of time then, then we're in the final, final hours of it. God has reserved you for this last period of time to be an evangelist, to call men and women that are now in darkness into the light, for soon it will be eternally too late. Do you understand? I said, yes, with a speech impediment. I had to miss recess twice a week to go get speech therapy for eight sounds. Wasn't possible to preach. Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, God didn't, my brethren, not many of you were wise or mighty or powerful when the Lord called you. He did this deliberately so that you could never glory in his presence, that no man could ever glory in his presence. He deliberately chose the things this world deems powerless in order to shame those that are powerful. Amen. Think of that. When the Lord anoints you, you carry an anointing that people who think they're powerful, God will send you in by the anointing like he did with Moses, and you'll shame them. Beyond the realm of sickness and disease and addiction, anybody that in your business or whatever you do, there's someone that's risen up to knock you down and make sure you can't expand frivolous lawsuits. Those are going to be cut down tonight when we pray in Jesus' name. We are entering the unbridled advancement of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. What you've seen role modeled in this church, 200 to 500 to effortlessly acquiring a building, to then packing that building out immediately. I was laughing with Pastor Tom. I said, you've already outgrown this building. You get this miracle, you don't even get five months to celebrate. <laughs> it's on to the next thing. That's not gonna be here and there in this last hour. That's gonna be par for the course. Watching Pastor Rodney's ministry triple 
after his arrest, when every Central Florida redneck came out to see what preacher went to jail just like them and what the devil meant for bad, God turned for good. We are in the advancement, the rapid advancement hour of the church, even this meeting. So great preaching in this part of Florida because it's almost like holding a revival simultaneously in Florida, New Jersey, and New York. Because you get to touch all, all kinds of families that, that, are, that are down here from those places. If we were in the old days, 100 years ago, I'd had to round up 38 people in a town and speak with no microphone. Now it's gonna go, go thousands more watching online. This is the era of the church. That's why all that COVID stuff failed because it was the devil trying to do what he's allowed to do in the tribulation when the church is gone, but he can't do it now because it's not his time, it's our time. Do you understand? I said, yes. And when that angel left, I had my marching orders for life. Turn to Acts 10, 38. Acts 10, 38. I'll do 34 and 35 too. Acts 10, 34 and 35. Peter said, I see very clearly that God is no respecter of persons, but in every nation he accepts those who fear him and do what is right. Important faith principle. God's no respecter of persons. God doesn't care what you look like in the natural. Doesn't care if you're wearing a hat with horns on it with a lady's bra on it. He can work on that later. God only sees two colors, unbelief and faith. And if you stand on the field dressed like that, and let me tell you, if you could have seen the patches on some of those guys' vests, the brow was the least of the problems. We actually shipped one of those uh, um, episodes to Daystar, and they said, we're gonna have to play a repeat this week. Did you read the patches that are on those bikers' backs? I said, you can't play that on Daystar? They said, you can't play that on Cinemax. I'm talking some bad stuff. You know, actually, even speaking of that, one of the guys that was helping on our team said, should I talk to those guys about taking those patches off their back? I said, no, let the Holy Ghost do it. And sure enough, it was about 10 days after the thing ended, he, he texted me one of the guy's Facebook posts. It was his vest, and you know, the leather gets a bunch of dust and dirt on it. You can tell it's beat up and worn in, and there were these clean black rectangles where the patches had been, and he said, today I removed a bunch of patches off my vest. I just didn't feel right. That was the Holy Ghost doing that. <laughs> Lister Summerall said every country and territory that he ever preached in where the people didn't wear clothes, when he was going to minister in the bush of you know, Tibet and, and Central Africa, he said after the first night service, without ever mentioning anything about clothes or nudity, just preaching the gospel, everybody came back wearing clothes. Everybody. Because the gospel gives, see, like you see with that lady in the testimony that it's hard for me not to cry thinking about. The devil removes dignity from man. Man was created in the image of God. There is something in me, I, I feel like the child of a king. I'm not a normal person. I've been born again. I've been bought with a price. I am redeemed. And if you, if you came from a church, I mean, no, we're all worms, we're nothing. That's actually not even true before you get saved. Before you get saved, you're somebody that Jesus saw value in enough to shed his blood and redeem you. But when you're born again, you're a new creature. You have the mind of Christ. There's a dignity in you. 
You can't catch me under a bridge doing whatever I have to do to get money to, 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 to go fulfill some, compuls, some compulsion and addiction. I'm not a dog. I'm not an animal. I don't operate that way. I have been brought up from the animal to God's nature that's on the inside of me. That's what's happened in America. If you teach people they come from animals, they start acting like the lower kingdom. But if you teach people they come from God, they were created by God, then they aspire to reach and act like God. And that's what you're going to have tonight. You're leaving out of here anything that stripped dignity from you, that brought disgrace to your life. You're leaving. No longer will they have shame, but they shall possess the double. That's what you're going to have tonight in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. If you receive that, go ahead one more time in Florida. Clap your hands and give the Lord a mighty shout. Devil's in for a bad week in Florida. The devil is in for a bad week in Florida. Say it one more time. God is no respecter of persons. That's why there's so many testimonies of people calling out to God in a jail cell. I said, well, get, get cleaned up a little bit and then we'll talk. No. God hears faith. God hears the cry of faith. God refuses to turn away the cry of faith. When he sees faith, it magnetizes him. I preached on it this morning. Bartimaeus, son of Jesus, son of David. Everybody's saying he's a false. He's false. If you listen to him, you kicked out of every synagogue in the nation. And that beggar said, no. Jesus, son of David, oh, I, you're the Messiah. I've heard about you. There's no doubt in my heart you're the Messiah. Ah, shut up. But he cried all the louder. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped. Tell him to come here. Jesus had no plan to go heal that guy. He'd already walked past him. That man's faith drew. Smith Wigglesworth that I brought up earlier said, there's something about faith that'll cause God to pass over a million people to get to you. What is faith? Believing God's word. That's it. Faith is the confident assurance of the things we hope for and the proof of their reality, the evidence of things we do not see. Faith's not believing in what doesn't exist. Faith is believing in what isn't seen. What God said in his word. I don't care how. I mean, for that lady. What would have been the easy thing to do at 97 pounds and hear me screaming about there's nothing the devil's done to you. God can't do something about. There's no disease God can't heal. Ah, shut up. Oh, is that true? Then how come I'm like this? She didn't do that, did she? She believed. I believe. She said, there's something when he was preaching, I feel on the inside of me, this is true. Then she believed it. It didn't take nine years. Didn't take nine months. Laying there looking like a corpse where the devil has her doubly if the devil had his way, she'd have killed herself and obviously the baby would have died too. And now she's alive with a testimony. That child will be raised here in that testimony about the mother and the devil messed up. He's gonna have two problems on his hand for the rest of his life. I prophesy in the name of Jesus, everything the devil's done in your life that he thinks he has you locked down, he's gonna have a major problem on his hands and that problem is you who now knows their God has become strong and does exploits in the name of Jesus. Come on, if you receive that, one more time, put those anointed hands together and give Jesus a mighty shout in Florida as we begin this great week of revival meetings. Somebody shout hallelujah. hallelujah. 
God is no respecter of persons. But in every nation, he accepts those who fear him and do what is right. Then you skip down to Acts 10, 38. And no doubt you know how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. He didn't anoint Buddha. He didn't anoint other religious leaders. Lots of people taught great things and had philosophy, but Jesus had something others didn't have. The precious anointing of the Holy Ghost. Muhammad, and I'm not bashing other religions, but Muhammad, ask any Muslim. He did not open blind eyes. Buddha did not unstop deaf ears. Jesus said, if you don't believe because of the words I say, believe because of the work that you see me do. When John the Baptist got depressed and sent his disciples to ask, are you the one or should we look for another? Jesus, did, that's a yes or no question. Jesus said, go back and tell your master the things that you've seen today. The blind see. I have floaters in my vision. Jesus' power will heal a blind eye. Floaters, macular degeneration, anything they just tell you is a normal part of growing old. We don't have normal parts of growing old in this family. Moses, though he was 120 years old, his eyes were not dim and his strength was in no way abated. This is the inheritance of all who serve the Lord. I don't get my expectation for my health off of television commercials. That's how this country makes their money, pharmaceuticals. Two commercials, every commercial break. Are you a man over the age of 50? None of your business. I'm trying to watch The Price is Right. Are you using the bathroom more than you used to? I don't know, I don't keep track because I'm not a psychopath. Yes, actually, I'm up to 3.7 uses per day now. Real commercial. Are you a man over the age of 40 or 50 and you're using the bathroom more than you used to? Try this pill because it might be in a large prostate and you'll use the bathroom less. Then they show these guys running through a field eating ice cream and flying a kite, <laughs> trying to distract you from what the man, the voiceover guy is saying in a deep voice, but I paid attention. Possible side effects. I'm not making this up. To use the bathroom less. Possible side effects. Total loss of vision. Okay. I am peeing a lot. But I do like to see. <laughs> and he wasn't done. Total loss of hearing. Huh. You know, that's a trade-off I'm not willing to make. Because even if they could get you down to using the bathroom only two times a day. I'm not a doctor. You know, I didn't go to Johns Hopkins or anything. I went to a Bible school. But the two times you went to the bathroom a day, blind and deaf, would take much longer than the eight or nine times you were going, sighted and hearing. They think we're crazy to trust in God for our healing. But the more I listen to those commercials, me thinks you crazy. I go with the blood of Jesus. I go with the anointing of the Holy Ghost. He's never done me wrong. He never will do me wrong. He'll never do you wrong. And he never will do you wrong in Jesus' name. 
No doubt you know how God anointed. Everybody say the anointing. No doubt you know how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power. And I'm not, I'm not looking to be critical. But I'm just telling you, you don't feel a drop of the anointing in most modern church services. They're not saying anything wrong, but it's like they just don't have a place for the Holy Ghost. And God, in this last day, you can see, if you don't want the Holy Ghost, God will move you out of your church and bring somebody in that does. Jesus is the head of the church. He's not going to let you run. The Holy Spirit's not like some junior member of the Trinity. He's the third member of the co-equal Godhead. He's a mighty spirit. He's the gift Christ gave to the church. He's the culmination of redemption. The Bible says in the Old Testament as a type and shadow that the priest was to apply blood on the right earlobe, blood on the right thumb, and blood on the right toe to cleanse a man's ear to hear from God, to cleanse a man's hand to work for God, and to cleanse a man's feet to walk the path of God. But after they put the blood of the lamb on, they were to apply oil to the ear, a symbol and picture of the anointing of the Holy Ghost to empower a man's ear. How come that father was there in Sturgis that lost his daughter, murdered, and was mad at God, and I had a totally different sermon ready to go, and I start saying, if you've lost somebody, it's not God that did it. Jesus is the author of life. It's the devil that came to destroy. And that guy comes up for prayer and says, I had yelled at God and hadn't talked to him in 14 months on his way to hell because the devil is a master deceiver. He'll kill somebody and get you to think it's God doing it. But one preacher tells him out of the Bible, Jesus said the thief, the devil, comes to steal kill and destroy. It's not God's will for you to be stolen from, killed or destroyed. That's the devil's will. Anything that goes in those three categories, Jesus said, that's the devil at work. But I have come that you might have and have it how? When you're bedridden in February and carrying two suitcases up two flights of stairs, in October. That's life abundant. When you're going out to eat after church, when you couldn't eat any solid food and we're on IV and now eating what you want and holding it down, that's life abundantly. I'm telling you, whatever's happened in your life where maybe you're not even dying or anything, but something happened and you can't enjoy life. You can never eat again. You can never enjoy life again. You can never travel long distances again. I'm telling you, not only are you leaving here healed and transformed by the power of God, you're going to enjoy this close out to this calendar year. 2022 will be the greatest two months that you've ever had to stick it to the devil in Jesus' mighty name. I came that you might have life. No doubt you know how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power. I mean, you know the Holy Spirit's a great comforter. He is a comforter. But there's another element to the Holy Spirit that they don't like dealing with in America. You shall receive power. He empowered my speech. The speech therapist quit after fifth grade, never got one sound corrected. God empowered my speech. Oil on the ear, empowering the ear that's been cleansed to hear God. Empowering the hand to work for God. Empowering the feet to walk the path. That God has. I don't, you know, I, I, I like Jonathan's preaching and I like Pastor Tom, but I, I don't know if I can live like that. You can't. But the blood and the oil cleanse you and empower you to walk the path 
God has for you. In a world that celebrates wickedness, it empowers you to walk righteously. I prophesy in the name of Jesus, your up and down life in sin and out of sin ends tonight. You're going to live holy from now until the coming of the Lord to the frustration of the devil in Jesus' mighty name. If you believe it, shout, I receive it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Blood and oil. In America, if they deal with anything, it's just the blood. How many know the, the cross? It's all about the cross. No, it's not all about the cross. The cross was not the end. In fact, if all Jesus did was die on the cross, we'd all still be going to hell because if he stayed buried in the tomb, death would have conquered him. There's the cross, but there's the burial, the resurrection, the ascension, the seating, then the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. That's the culmination of that work. The blood was shed to cleanse you as a vessel that you can receive the Holy Spirit. But then the receiving of the Holy Spirit is what gives you power to live above natural everything, natural health. And I put that to the test. My natural mind when COVID hit, you know, hey, you know, if you travel around preaching and laying hands on people and stuff and you get sick, you're going to make a fool of all of us. Well, let's see if this works or not. Because if this is a lie, I deserve to die first for tricking people for 20 years. But I believe God is able to do what he said he'll do. For those two years of COVID, I traveled and preached in a bunch of churches that were not like Pastor Tom's, where they had blue tape every other row, everybody with, with, with surgical gloves on and masks at full gospel churches. And I'd walk and preach and every row, throw my hip into the tape and break it. The crowd would start to grow. In the beginning, it looked like the pastor of the church was Howie Mandel. Everybody had a mask on and gloves, wouldn't shake hands. Then I'd never mention masks or anything. You just start seeing them come off. In fact, one night I was preaching on the gift of faith, not mentioning anything even about sickness, just talking about faith. And I saw this old man as I'm talking reach up. Him and his wife were sitting next to each other in their 60s. He took his mask and pulled it off. And then without breaking eye contact with me, reached over to his wife's face and pulled hers off. And just, uh, hallelujah. Somebody shout faith. faith. Raw faith that comes from the Holy Ghost. What, what kind of faith am I, I'm, I talking about? I'm talking about special faith. When Jesse Duplantis came to preach at my church this year, he always takes off right after the meeting. And he'd never preached for me before, and we weren't friends. So I was a, he, he had already told me, I have to go right after the meeting. For some reason, I saw him standing waiting to go and talk. And then he sat down. And then he started talking. And he said, bring me those grapes and cheese over there and a drink. And he sat and told stories till 2 in the morning. You wonder how people's ministries get so big. He said, I was starting off preaching, and I was in Mississippi. And the church was about two-thirds full. There was a kid in a wheelchair that had been born. There was problems when he was delivered. He had never walked. So, you know, if you never walk, your legs don't grow with the rest of your body correctly, and they're atrophied. So he's nine, but he's got like three-and-a-half-year-old legs that aren't big enough, and they're, they're withered. The muscles aren't developed. 
He said the kid was sitting in his wheelchair, making eye contact with him the whole time, liking the preaching, nodding his head, laughing at stuff Brother Jesse was saying. He said, something came on me. I don't know if it's the best description, but the gift of faith, when it comes upon you, it's like a coat. It's like you can feel somebody put a coat on you. And you become completely disrespectful to the devil. Not just you don't believe him. It's, it's, it's <laughs> like Elijah. Perhaps your God is deaf and you need to shout louder. In the King James, perhaps he's, he's taking a leak. That's in the Bible. Elijah's just mocking him. He's like Don Rickles letting them have it. Then when they're all done, he goes, you all done? All right, and then comes up and does it. That's what the gift of faith does. He said, I saw that kid lock eyes with me and I felt the gift of faith come upon me. And he said, I walked over to him. He said, I'd never done anything like this before. Didn't know what I was about to do. And I just went up to him and I said, you like what I'm preaching? The kid shook his head, yes. He said, I grabbed him by the shirt and went, then get up and walk and chest passed him up into the air. Well, it feels good in the moment. <laughs> but about the time he hits the ark and goes back down, you think, well, that's probably the end of my ministry. <laughs> that kid goes up in the air and comes down, lands on his feet. His legs grow out and thicken. And he walks around the church for the rest of the night while everybody's just in awe. He said, the next night I go back to that church that's two-thirds full. And there's a huge traffic jam. And I'm thinking, why is there traffic in this little Mississippi town on a Tuesday night? This is ridiculous. And he said, then I found out there was a two-mile-long stretch of cars to get into the church parking lot to come see what Jesus was doing in that place. Can I tell you something? That's not going to be here and there in this last hour of time. That's going to be par for the end-time course, the end-time church. That's going to be par for the course for the end-time church. Signs, everybody say signs, wonders, miracles. Because there's the blood, but there's also the oil. And they line the sick in the streets that perhaps Peter's shadow might fall upon. And they were healed of their diseases when he walked by. Everybody say the blood. Everybody say the oil. No doubt you know how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power. Everybody say power. That's power. Power jump on you to go grab a kid by the shirt and throw him out of his wheelchair. That's a power. That's not natural. You liking this message? Get up and walk. Power. God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of love. Power. I don't know what I'm going to do. I feel so weak. Switch your words around. Thank you, Father, that you've given me the Holy Ghost. And I have love, power, and soundness of mind. That's what you're leaving with tonight. Even if you don't want to, you sat here too long. Should have left with those two other ladies. It's too late now. Everybody say, it's too late now. I'm going to live in the power of God. No doubt you know how God anointed Jesus. This is Acts 10, 38. No doubt you know how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. Who did he anoint? with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good. He's not looking to hurt you. He's looking to help you. Well, I'm scared to go to that church. If you knew how I was living. You know another line God gave me at that biker rally? 
that made those guys laugh? I had a bunch of bikers say, I'm scared to come on that field. I'm scared God will strike me with lightning. I told him, because it had just happened that week, I said, you know, none of you have been struck with lightning. The only place that got struck with lightning that week was the White House. <laughs> so I said, you're safe. God's not looking to kill you. He's looking to make you alive. God's not looking to make you sick. I mean, it was in our sicknesses, God's glorified when people see the grace that, shut up. It's not a scripture. You're making up your own religion. It's not in the Bible. The Bible says in Hebrews 1.3 in the New Living Translation, Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3, in Christ, we see the will of God the Father expressed exactly in human form. So if you're going to teach people that God wants people to be sick, find me where Jesus laid his hands on healthy people and made them sick to make them better believers. Find me somewhere where Jesus refused to heal someone because he told them their sickness was sent from God to test their faith. No. People have confused suffering with sickness because we use those terms interchangeably in America and in English. So then when they read suffering in the Bible, they think it is too, but it's not. James 5 gives two separate instructions. Are any among you suffering? He should pray about it. Are any among you sick? That's different. Call for the elders of the church. Have them anoint you with oil. And their prayer offered in faith will save the sick. That lady looked like you should have prayed for her two years ago and you missed the boat and she's going to die. What did Kofi say? Father, expedite this healing. That was the last day she was in a wheelchair and came back this week to give glory to God. Today is the last day the devil has his reign of terror in your life. His reign of terror comes to an end tonight. Do you guys have Dunkin' Donuts in this town? Oh, we're going to have a good revival then. I'm going to tell you that right now. Because I have the Holy Ghost, but I get that in me too. Oh, dangerous. How many of you are ready to have the best week you've ever had? How many of you really have the best week you've ever had? How many of you are ready to laugh in the face of the devil? Holy Ghost and power. Who went about doing, and I'm, I'm going to teach on it this week, I believe. I'm going to preach on the gifts of the Spirit. Tongues, interpretation of tongues, and prophecy. That's the power of God coming upon your tongue to speak under the power of God. Thus saith the Lord, you shall not die, you shall live. Declare it. That lady that couldn't listen to any loud noise because it bothered her central nervous system, but listening to the proclamation of the word of God under the power of the Holy Spirit, she kept it on autoplay under her pillow to keep her alive. That's the life of God. Tongues, interpretation of tongues. And when she told that, I was having trouble keeping it together because she doesn't know that I, I was traveling for a long time, been traveling and preaching for 21 years, and I'd go back to a church 18 months later, all the same people need prayed for. And the Lord spoke to me, you need to create something where people, when they hear you preach and get turned on to the Word of God, can keep hearing it. Faith cometh by and yeah, you got to keep it coming. Just like you can't eat. Say, I, I had a huge meal at Thanksgiving. Then came come February, I felt like I was going to die. I hadn't eaten since. It doesn't matter how well you were served one time. You have to have a continual intake of nutrients 
for your natural man, and you have to have a continual intake of faith for your spirit man. My Uncle Ted has been preaching for 40-some years. My uncle, uh, or my cousin Teddy, went home to visit him. That's his dad. And uh, for Thanksgiving, and he said to his mom, where's dad? She said, he's upstairs. And my uncle Ted goes, or my cousin Teddy goes upstairs. His dad's laying on the floor with a laptop listening to this old evangelist named Freddie Clark. He's in his 80s. And he calls everybody, like, you'll hear me. If the Lord uses me like this this week, I'll call people. I'll say, that lady in the red blouse, that man with, with the white hair, this guy, Freddie Clark, will call everybody out by first name. The Bible says there's diversities of gifts, diversities of administrations, but the same Lord. God, God's a God of variety. He doesn't have 30 tubs of vanilla ice cream. He's got all kinds of flavors. So people operate different. This guy, Freddie Clark's different. He'll preach on something that has nothing to do with healing and miracles. And then when he's done, he'll go, well, time for miracles. Then call everybody out by first name. He's Pentecostal holiness. He doesn't own a TV. So it was actually pretty funny because, because he didn't own a TV, he just kept setting his tent up in March 2020 and April 2020 just like he had planned. At 80 years old, 82, going to put his tent up. So then he calls my Uncle Ted and goes, have you been having the police show up at your meetings? <laughs> he said, the last two places I went, the police came to my meetings and they were wearing masks like doctors. <laughs> you know, he thought he was like going senile. <laughs> so my Uncle Ted messed with him. You know, he went, what'd you do? <laughs> he said, well, I was getting ready to do the service. They come, they come under. They, he said, they were upset. They said, what are you doing under here? I said, what does it look like I'm doing? I'm having a revival. If you didn't have a TV, you didn't even know anything was going on. Can you say amen? amen? So my Uncle Ted's listening to that guy. You know, my Uncle Ted's been in the ministry 40, 45 years. My, my cousin Teddy said, you're listening to Freddie Clark? You know, he's under a tent with a handful of people. My Uncle Ted said, yeah, you never have a gift that you don't sit under. So all these years later, he's still sitting under the operation of the word of knowledge and the working of miracles. There was a lady that had a cancer in her throat when I was growing up. That guy, Freddie Clark, came. I, I remember this, I was 15 years old. He walked right up to her, called her out by first name, and said, uh, you have a cancer in your throat. Then he went like this to her neck and grabbed, you know, there's nothing. He went like this and held it, there's nothing. And he went, what would you like me to do with it? Then he went, like, there's nothing in his hand. Went like this and stomped it. And the growth was gone. Unique giftings, power of the Holy Ghost. No doubt you know how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power, who went about doing good, he was looking for who to heal, not who to make sick. Are any among you suffering? Suffering's not sickness in the Bible. That's why when Paul prayed for his thorn to be taken away, that wasn't sickness. It tells you what it is. It was a messenger sent from Satan to buffet me blow after blow. We know what it was? Every place Paul went, he's having a good meeting. Then people came to stir up legal trouble against him. We had that last week. I'm in Canada. Thank God for my wife. She's, she, she's different. Because <laughs> I found the bed all, all of it after. She handled the whole thing. Most, you, you, most guys have got a call from their wife. You're in Canada. You left me here. The police are here. Police officer comes to our church. Somebody started a Facebook group to complain about your church because you're passing literature out. And then I said, is, is it against the law to pass gospel literature out? He said, no. 
but they're saying you're a cult that set up here. Adal said, look how many windows are on this building. Clearly we're not a cult. Because cults, cults and strip clubs don't have windows. They don't want you to see what's going on inside. So when Adal said, there's too many windows, the guy laughed. And she said, listen. She said to the police officer, you know her, she's just affable. She, she, she disarms people. She said, she said, listen, we're gonna continue doing that because it's actually against our religion not to spread our religion. And she said, the officer went, I know, I'm a former pastor. So Donald starts talking to him about the things of God, tells him to come back to the church, we'd love to have you, we could use somebody like you, however you got off track with your call to the ministry, the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. The guy's like totally softened up. And uh, she said, listen, we are aggressively sending people out. You know, our youth ministry started in February, we broke 100 students Last week when I was out of town, 107 students from the local high school and everywhere. She said, we're telling people about Jesus. He said, that's great. Well, I'm just going to do this and cross this off my list. I'm going to let everybody know, and you won't have a problem again. Can you say amen? But you see, the devil has a problem. He doesn't have a problem if you just stay inside and babysit the same 35 Christians. But when you start growing and exploding, just like with Paul, there's a cost for serving Christ. There's opposition from the devil. If you're suffering, pray about it. God, you can't command the police department to disappear in Jesus' name. You can a tumor, you can blindness, but in this world you will have trouble. But be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. But everybody has to take up their cross and follow Jesus. But the cross is not sickness and disease. When Jesus went to the cross, the Bible says he took, not will take, he already took all our sickness and all our disease. I tell you for the fourth time tonight, no matter what your sickness, no matter what's your disease? You're leaving here tonight healed by the power of Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. If you believe it, let your amen be the loudest. No doubt you know how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power. That power manifests nine ways, according to Paul. Tongues and interpretation of tongues and prophecy. You speak under the power of God. Discerning of spirits. Word of knowledge, word of wisdom. Power of God on your mind, giving you a piece of God's knowledge. Word of wisdom, word of knowledge. Anytime somebody starts operating in that gift, you know, somebody on the news, why don't you tell us what the lottery's gonna be tomorrow? It's not you knowing everything, it's God giving you a word. If God gave, told you everything he knew, your head would blow off your shoulders. <laughs> so he gives you a piece, word of knowledge. Word of wisdom, discerning of spirits, the power on your mind. Special faith, gifts of healings, working of miracles that help you to act like Jesus. Oral Roberts said, when the gift of healing would manifest, his right hand would vibrate and get warm. He'd have those people come up the ramp one after another. My son was born with a stutter. Lay hands on the tongue. Have the kids speak right. Next, deaf ear. Put the finger in the ear. Ear pop open. Next. Do however many, 25, 30, 35 a night. Go next night, go three weeks, four weeks, five weeks till you cleared all the sick people out of the town. Can you say amen? And those days are coming back to America. And I'm gonna tell you something, and I, mean, I don't mean in the future, I'm saying now. And the devil knew it was coming. That's why he did everything in his power. Same way he knew Moses was coming, tried to kill all the baby boys in that region. 
when he knew Jesus was coming. He tried to kill all the baby boys in that region. And he knew revival was going to come and churches were going to explode in America. And he tried to shut the churches down. But what he meant for bad took a church here from 200 to 1,100 people. And they're just getting warmed up. The pastor's not in his late 90s. He's in his prime. His wife's in his prime. His family's in their prime. This church is in his prime. And God has positioned this place to remind the devil, South Florida doesn't belong to you. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof and all the inhabitants that dwell therein. Go ahead, take 30 seconds. Clap your hands, all ye people. Shout unto God with the voice of triumph. Your hand clap is announcing Satan's defeat. This is our time. This is our time. This is our week. A week of miracles to reverse the devil's onslaught. Somebody shout hallelujah. How many can feel the gift of faith in here? You know how you can tell? Because if you were going to come for a prayer and say, the devil's been attacking me, now you say, I wish she's in the parking lot. Got a few things I'd like to say. Can you say amen? Yeah, you don't, you don't duck trouble when the gift of faith comes on. You're ready. My Uncle Terry, who would get along very well with your pastor, my dad's youngest brother, pastor's in Virginia Beach. The cops came in the beginning. You know, my dad and all his brothers, they don't talk that much. They're all alpha males. If you put them in the same room for too long, even though they're all preachers, someone will be bleeding shortly. The Shuttlesworth family is the only family that settles theological disputes physically. <laughs> So my, my Uncle Terry, you know, he, he likes fighting. So they tell him the, the police are there, and he comes out in, in the parking lot, and the police officer says, uh, Reverend, if you're holding church indoors next week, we're going to come and arrest you. So we're giving you a warning. He said, be here at 10 sharp and bring more than one squad car. <laughs> said the guy's eyebrows went up, and they never came back. Let's go. <laughs> and that cowering church, all God did the last two and a half years is clear that out of the church. And all the differences and backgrounds, you have every skin color here from heart of Africa, black to Irish white and every shade in between. But everybody has a commonality here tonight. You made up your mind the last two and a half years. I don't care what it cost me. I have decided to follow Jesus and I'm not turning back. And I have good news for you tonight. When you make that decision like you did for the blood, the oil comes behind the blood. And God is strengthening that which remains to get ready to take ground from the enemy from now to when that trumpet sounds. And you're going to be a part, a great part of this last day move of God. If you receive that, clap those hands one more time. Now, rather... I feel victory in here. I feel victory's buddy joy in here. Joy in the Holy Ghost. True religion is not meat or drink, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost.
If they don't put the score up on a football game, and they're just playing the game, there's no graphics, you don't need to know what team's winning. All you need is the shot of each sideline. And you know who's losing. And you know who's winning. The winning team, guys that don't even like each other are high-fiving and slapping each other's butts. And you guys, uh, minus the bum slapping, I feel like I'm looking at the winning sideline right now. I see smiles where the devil meant for there to be frowns. The devil tried to take that joy and he failed, and now you're gonna trample on his head the rest of your life in Jesus' name. Go ahead, you can be comfortably seated. So I wanna show you what these gifts look like in manifestation. These are the kind of services I grew up in. This is my dad's oldest brother on a Sunday morning at a mega church. And they were supposed to be dismissed five minutes before this started. And I want you to notice, as the gifts start moving, watch this crowd that's all seated. You know, it's Sunday morning in America. And without, he, he never says everybody stand up. He never says everybody begin to watch as the Holy Ghost begins to move what happens even in the background of the church. And then I'm going to pray for you tonight. Amen? Amen. Let me pray for one person before the uh, video starts. This lady with the blonde hair and black jacket with the silver snaps. You mind if I pray for you? I'll meet you in that aisle so you don't have to go that far. And I won't do anything weird. Because <laughs> this is different for some people. But I'm actually a normal, functional member of society. <laughs> Lift both hands, close both eyes. Now that I gave you that instruction, I'm going to give you a little different one. Put one hand on your, where your heart and lungs are. Lift the other one to the Lord. Lord strengthens your heart. All your blood levels go to normal. Believe that with me. That oppression against your health, the Lord takes it off of you right now. When I was preaching about 25 minutes ago, on the inside of you, he said, I believe that. And as soon as your faith reached out to the Lord, the Lord That spirit of infirmity goes, it'll never come back. Hallelujah. Yeah, when the anointing's present, it doesn't take all night. Just start kicking stuff out. New sheriff in town. Amen. Go ahead, play the video. Praise God. Stand, little sister. Could you hold her Bible and stuff, please? Hallelujah. Everybody lift your hands. Hallelujah. Take a step of faith. Now listen, when the gifts of the Spirit start working, it's like throwing a stone in a pond, the ripples go out. As the ripples go out, that means you get a touch, even though I may not be speaking to you specifically. If you'll release your faith, God will touch you. Amen? Hold your glasses in your hand. You have two conditions. Even though you have glasses, what it doesn't reveal, you're starting to lose your sight in one of your eyes, and there's pressure building up. Isn't that right? True? surgery no don't even go there haven't prayed for you yet yes yes can I take my coat off now listen <clears throat> I was kidding we understand that a great church like this has staff who are taking care of your children if you're a parent and you need to get your children it's all right but I, I, I I'm gonna pray for people for a minute yes sir because the Lord told me I saw you in my room when I prayed yesterday you will not go blind in your right eye. You understand that? 
and whatever else the Lord would show, I receive it. You feel that? That's the Holy Ghost. I command that spirit of blindness to come out. She shall not lose her eyesight. Can you help her back up? Thank you. Everybody lift your hands. The anointing's here. Also, you've been struggling to get your sugar into the right level and your blood pressure. And the Lord now, I command your blood pressure to go to normal. Sugar levels stay in the normal level. The eye is healed. Vision. Someone shout vision. Amen. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Someone say hallelujah. May I pray for you, ma'am? Come here, please. Man, six guys. This is a well-organized church. Yes, ma'am. Bless your heart. Take my hand. When you have a broken heart or you've lost something, it hurts. But the Lord is going to restore to you today what the devil took. you believe that? Amen. A couple of weeks ago, you almost said, well, what's the use of even serving God if these things happen? Isn't that right? Yes. You sat on the edge of a bed. I see the vision. And you said, Lord, if you're real, somehow show me that you're going to help me. D didn't you say that? It was in your bedroom. Isn't that right? And I wasn't there, but I am now by the Spirit. The power of God's on her. She shall not go to hell. She shall not turn her back on the Lord. She shall receive a touch. You ready? You shall be filled with the Holy Ghost and serve God with a great fire. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Lift your hands. Hallelujah. I said, Hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. The Lord shows me you've been faithful. This is your church. Is that right? And somehow you've served Brother Parsley in the past. And by partnering and praying and believing. I see that. When you share with another, such as our dear brother Parsley, who we love, then there's a measure of that reward the Bible speaks of that comes on you. You believe that with me? I won't do this. Lay your hand right here on your chest. I command a supernatural anointing to come on your body today to strengthen you. To strengthen you. I don't understand it other than the Lord shows me sometimes the rhythm of your heart gets a little off. And your heart will race a little bit and you feel it. Isn't that right? That's correct. And uh, you've had physicals. You've been checked, but you have been kind of watching it. Would that be a good way to say it? That's correct. Kind of watching it. <laughs> Wait on the Lord. Everybody lift your hands. Others of you that may have had issues with heart shall be healed. I command the rhythm of your heart to stay normal. When it does, your blood pressure will come to the right level and stay there, not up and down like you've been dealing with. Isn't that right? And then recently in the back of your neck and shoulder, isn't that right? That's correct. Arthritis has tried to come in your bones and to cripple you up in a form of rheumatism. But I curse all the itis brothers. Arthur and the whole crowd. Bursitis, all the itis. By impartation and laying on the hands, you sh there shall be healed in your body. Someone say, thank you, Lord Jesus. Someone say, thank you, Lord Jesus. 
someone say, thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's lift our hands and give God the glory. Praise God. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise the Lamb of God. We give you the glory, Lord. Hallelujah. Someone say forever and forevermore. Everybody lay your hand on your body and receive healing if you need it. Strength if you need it. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. May I pray for you, ma'am? Come, please. Take a walk of faith with us. Mm, if it had not been for the Lord on my side, tell me where would I be? Oh, where would I be? You go to this church, ma'am? You believe Jesus will touch you today? You have something in your body that needs to be healed. And the Lord will do it. You believe that with me? Yes, I do. I won't do this. Lay your hand on this part of your stomach. You've had some symptoms, but you just pass it off. Okay, maybe. Not maybe. You know you have. Sometimes it pains there a little bit, and then when you turn, you feel it. Isn't that right? Yes. Amen. You must be a new believer. I'll just use my faith. I curse this cancer in the name of Christ. Be healed. Hallelujah. Hello. Ma'am. Someone say yes, Lord. Say yes, Lord. The power of God is here. Lift your hands. The anointing is here. Stand, little lady. Step out in the aisle. Look at me. You know I don't know you. As far as I know, we've never spoken. You need healed in your back, and the Lord's going to do it. Isn't that right? You have three discs that have deteriorated down to nothing. Isn't that right? Yes. Now, how do I know that unless God really does speak to me? And apparently, he still wants us to be here at 5 after 12 because he's still moving. Isn't that right? And then one of your hips now has begun to go bad. Are those things so? They are so. What would you say if I told you that you shall receive the working of miracles now? I'm not going to pray for God to heal three bad discs. I'm going to ask him to give you all new ones. Hold her up. Right through here. Isn't that right? Yes. Where my hand is. Yes. You could have said, no, it's up higher, but it's right here. Yes. Right there. Did you feel that move? Yes. I believe he's doing it right now. Loose. Oh. Now, if someone touched you, that would be painful, wouldn't it? Yes, it would. Watch this. You don't feel that, do you? Thank you, Lord, for three brand new discs and a new hip. Hallelujah! 
What's that? I thought he forgot about me. You thought he forgot about you. Watch this. Take my hands. Take my hand. Take a step of faith. Now watch I've played that video a lot, but I've never seen so many people get in touch while they're watching it, like right now, people crying all over the place, the Lord touching your body. How many of you feel the Lord doing a work in your body right now and during the meeting? This is power suggestion. You're welcome to not lift your hand. Everyone that lifted a hand, I want you to move. So like if you're in this half, I want you to move to this side and line up shoulder to shoulder all along this wall. If you're on this side, Pastor Tom, I normally don't pray for the pastor. Stand up, take two steps forward, I'll pray for you first. I wanna tell you, the Lord's gonna do two things right now. Number one, any stress that uh, from going through all that you went through this year, and even the two years before that, you stood, but that can wear on your, your body and your physical man when you're up against an attack of the devil. So the Lord's going to strengthen your body permanently tonight. You're going to live a long, good life. If the rapture doesn't happen, you'll be an old, old pastor in Florida. Still preaching with no help to the platform. Number two, the Lord's going to mantle you with the operation of the gifts of the Spirit. They're going to operate through you without even trying. You'll start to flow. You'll just be talking, maybe just like Freddie Clark. We talk about something that doesn't even have to do with it. And then that'll start flowing. Lift both hands. Close both eyes. As you do, the mantling of God comes upon you right now. And you're going to step up into another level of your ministry. And then any wear and tear on your body from the stress and the hurricane. Hallelujah. Everybody, everybody in this half that felt the Lord uh, touching your body, go ahead and line shoulder to shoulder across the, this wall here. This lady here in the foundation uh, church, stand up, take two steps forward. Lift your hands right there. Close both eyes. The battle you've been facing that you haven't told anybody about the Lord takes that battle out of your hands into, into his hands. You'll never fight that stuff again. In the name of Jesus. I pray for this lady in the gold shirt with the, the black top. Mind if I pray for you? Come right around. Thank you, Lord Jesus. If you don't like this kind of meeting, I can recommend 200 churches in the area. But they're all closed. Lift both hands, close both eyes. As you do, the power of God comes upon you even stronger. In Jesus. I know clapping like that isn't in the Bible, but if you'd like me to be more scripture, I'll spit in their eyes. They'll make you happy. <laughs> Praise God. You're delivered, lady. Totally delivered. In Jesus' mighty name. In the name of Jesus. All right, let me pray for this side first. All of you lift your hands. 
I'm going to do this side first so all the catchers can come over here. I'll give you time to get to the other side. Just so you know, the reason they, they catch people, first of all, the goal is not to have people fall down. If it was, we'd had everybody lay down at 7.50, get up and go to Dunkin' Donuts before it closes. But there are people that get in line to do this thing, to fall out and uh, then sue the church. So that's why. Because I've seen people hit concrete and get up totally fine. Every hand lifted in the name of Jesus. Whether it's diseases in the blood, diseases in the flesh, the heart, the lung, even if it's an adverse reaction to a vaccination or whatever, you haven't felt right since you got the shot, the Lord's gonna heal you right now. I don't mean to make you ushers move, but I'm gonna start at this end. In Jesus' name, lift your hands, open your heart. Any addiction, any destruction the enemy's brought against you, the Lord drives it out right now. In Jesus' name. Every person, Father, I thank you that they're healed from the top of their head. You first in the yellow. Every unclean thing in your body that the devil's using to try to take you out early, come out. In, that's it, go right through you. In Jesus' mighty name, be delivered. Be delivered. Be delivered in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name. In the name of Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name. That's it, go right through you. Never to be the same. In Jesus' mighty name. In the mighty name of Jesus. I thank you for it, Lord. That's it. Jesus' name. That's it. You'll never be the same. That thing reverses now. There should be dozens of testimonies tomorrow night. Pita brostondi akandiana mosto. That's it. Go right through you. In Jesus' mighty name. Go right through you. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I thank you, Lord. Thank you. That's it. Go right through. In Jesus' name. Filled. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. That's it. Put this hand where your belly is. Kidneys. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Indiana Mosto, Ricandie, Oboto, Rica. That's it. Take a step forward. Lift your hands even higher. The hand of the Lord comes upon your life for ministry. You'll be used mightily in your generation. That's the baptism of the Holy Ghost and fire. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord. That's it, go right through you. More, more, more. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Be healed in the name of Jesus. 
in Jesus' mighty name. Be healed. All right, other side. If you're sitting in your seat, if you would, just lift both hands and begin to thank God that his presence is in this place, that he's setting you free, that you're not going to be the same. Every hand lifted. Put one hand on your belly. of Jesus. Lift both hands. As you do, the power of God comes upon you. In Jesus' mighty name. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That's it. Go right through you. In Jesus' name, in Jesus, in Jesus' mighty name. A new beginning and a fresh start. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in the name of Jesus, in Jesus' name. That's it, go right in there. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father, for your raw power. Now all over this place, just lift both hands and begin to thank the Lord for what he's done. Take 30 good seconds and just begin to thank him. Out of your mouth, thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for your mighty power that works in me. 
three. Come right out. In Jesus' mighty name. In the name of Jesus. Shoulder to shoulder right in the aisle. I think you can fit. Lift both hands, close both eyes. As you do the... for the Costas, husband and wife. Pray for you, Rev. Stand shoulder to shoulder. Lift both hands, close both eyes. Lift both hands. Put one hand, uh, put one hand on your belly. Lift the other one up to the Lord. God's going to heal you from the inside out. In Jesus' name, there go right into you. More, more, more. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord. Thank you for doing this work. In Jesus' name, Amen. Have the healthiest year you've ever had. In Jesus' name, every head bowed, every eye. One second, I pray for you real quick. Right now, lift both hands, close both eyes. As you do, the power of God comes upon you. In Jesus' name. That's it. Thank you. Take another shot. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Never to be the same. In Jesus' name. That's it. Just stay there and let them touch you. Just lay in the white and uh, leopard print right here. Come right out. Nice to meet you. Right hand on your stomach, left hand to the Lord. That's it. Underneath your hand passes the nail-scarred hand of Jesus. In Jesus' name. More, more, and more. Brand new organs, brand new bloodstream. Be healed. In Jesus' mighty name. Never to be the same after tonight. Stay there and let the Lord touch you. In Jesus' name. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're here tonight and you've never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, tonight would be a great night to do that. You can see in Russia and Ukraine and everything else that's going on in the world, you can see the devil pushing and how close we are to those end events that are described in the Bible. If there was ever a night you wanted to go home and be able to lay your head on your pillow and know that you have peace with God, that your sins are all forgiven. I like playing that biker video because it connects with people because they see God's not, God's not like people think. He's full of compassion, rich in mercy. He's not looking to save people that were already like basically good enough to go to heaven. He came to save sinners. Christ came to save sinners. If you're here and you were honest with me and you say, Jonathan, there is sin separating me from God. Some people, it's just one area of their life they've never surrendered. And the devil uses that one area to mess their life up. But tonight, 
you can lay that thing on the altar and you can come into full relationship with Jesus Christ just like I have and go home feeling brand new. The transformation that God did physically to that woman in that testimony video, God will do on the inside of you right now. He'll change every part of you. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. The old life is dead. Behold, all things become new. If you're here and you've never done that, or you once did it, but you fell away, and you say, Jonathan, I want to square and settle my account with God today. I'm not putting it off one more hour. I'm leaving out of this church tonight knowing my name is written in the Lamb's book of life and my sins are all forgiven. If that's you, I want you to put your hand up high and wave it at me right now. We're going to pray. Oh, man, that's awesome. If this was the only night I was preaching, I, I would have flown here for that many people to get saved. Very quickly, every person that lifted a hand, come and join me at the altar right now. We're going to pray. Come quickly. Those of you with more boldness, come first. Your boldness will help others that may be more timid, but come. We're going to pray. Make a stand for God here at the altar. Amen. Man, that's a great hall. So awesome. Keep coming. Keep clapping. This is your night. Man, this is awesome. I have decided to follow Jesus. I'm not going the way the world goes. I'm going to live holy. I'm going to live in accordance to the Word of God. All right. Well, thanks for making me the happiest guy this side of the mental institution. Lift both hands to the Lord. Say this out loud from your heart. Say it nice and loud. Heavenly Father, I've come forward tonight to give you my life. Forgive me of all my sins. Wash me in your blood. I believe in my heart. You raised Jesus from the dead. I confess with my mouth, Jesus is Lord and my Savior. Right now, I receive forgiveness. By the blood of Jesus, I am saved. I am free from the power of sin to serve the living God. In Jesus' name, amen. Keep your hands lifted. Let me pray for you. And my prayers work. I bless you in the name of Jesus. The arrows of the wicked will not come upon you. The shield of faith quenches every fiery dart of the devil. Where you used to fail, you won't fail anymore. What you used to get defeated by won't defeat you anymore. You walk in victory from this day forward by the power of God that lives on the inside of you. All your sins are forgiven. You are cleansed from the effects of those sins. In Jesus' name. Your name is written in heaven. Father, I ask you as your servant and as your child, every one of these that are standing in front of me, when we go to heaven, may there not be one that's missing on that day. The same way you gave them boldness to come out of their seat and come to this altar, let that boldness multiply that every time they're challenged or tempted to take a backward step, that they'll go forward instead. In Jesus' name. Just stay where you are, if you would, with the green sunglasses and then this young lady. If you would, both come up on the stage real quick. If you would, it's fine. Come right up there. The stairs are on the side. 
I'm not saying this to be a hype man. How many of you can tell Jesus is with us here tonight? Where two or three are gathered, I'm there in their midst. Stand shoulder to shoulder, lift both hands, close both eyes. This is the baptism of the Holy Ghost and fire. You'll never be the same after this. Lift your hands up even higher. Filled in Jesus' name. God heals your body. Any mistake you made in your past, the Lord erases it and erases its effect from you. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' name. Praise God. Just stay right here at the altar. I won't leave you here all night. If you're at the altar, lift both hands to the Lord. If you're in your seats, lift both hands to the Lord. You will never be the same after tonight. Thank you for getting a hold of my sister, Jesus. Never the same. I bless you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. This day begins a onslaught of miracles in your life. This week shall be a week of miracles for you and your family. This week has been set apart and consecrated unto God for God's power to visit the people of this region of Florida. Just like the devil tried to get ahead of it with that hurricane and missed, now he's going to pay a price. In Jesus' name. Let me pray for this lady with the blonde hair. Looking at me in the seat. Just come right to the center aisle. Just stay right there. Lift both hands. Close both eyes. Power of God's already on you. Filled in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. Uh, let me pray for this guy with the, the nice long hair. Step right out into the aisle. Lift both hands. Close both eyes. God's already made you a mighty man and a mighty leader. You've turned many strong men's hearts to God. And you'll turn many more. Did I not say in my word, to he who uses well what he's been given, he will be given more in heaven abundance. As you stewarded the gift I gave you well and used it to turn many hard-hearted men to Christ. Now I'll begin to drop them souls into your lap, one after another after another. You're going to have more souls one to the Lord than many full-time preachers. I'm talking first-time decisions, rough guys, in Jesus' name. When I lay my hand on you by impartation and the laying on of hands, you come into another level of boldness and declaring the word in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. On, on Christian radio, when they say guys like me push people down, someone send them a picture of me praying for that guy and then enroll them in a physics class. Everybody that's here at this altar, welcome to the family of God. Never to leave again. Your sins are all forgiven. God doesn't remember one thing you did before 946. Florida time. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. 
I want to give you two instructions. Number one, I'm here 7 p.m. We're not doing day services this week, but we're doing 7 p.m. Uh, through Friday. Do everything in your power not to miss a service. And sometimes people always laugh when I say this, but I, everywhere I go, people say, well, I, I work until 7.30. I couldn't get there till 8. I promise you I will still be preaching at 8 o'clock. That's, that's not even a question. So, and, and you've heard me. Who have, I made, who have I made feel bad? Look, these people coming in late. That's why God doesn't move. I'm not an angry person. I'll be happy to see you come in. And you don't have to change. You know, if you, if, if you carry sheetrock, you're covered in white powder uh, from the sheetrock. You don't have to go home and shut. You can come and sit. If you're a baker, you're covered in... But those should be the only two white powders. Uh, <laughs> I know we're not that close to Miami, but... Worth mentioning. But I say that because the way a revival meeting works, let me pray for you one more time real quick. Put one hand on your mouth, lift the other hand up to the Lord. The Lord takes the, the craze, you'll never touch what you don't want to touch again. In Jesus' name, you are free. Done. That's a one-step program. Um, so I say that because in a revival meeting, every night builds on the night before, line upon line, precept upon precept. It gets stronger. That's why it's so encouraging to be here on night one. You guys are already down to clown. I don't know if that's the theological term, but you know, you, you guys came ready. You didn't come to like see if you get convinced about God. You came with your faith already turned on. So it'll, it'll take it to another level. Uh, so I, I'm not a stand-up comedian. And, and by that I mean, you know, if you go see a stand-up comic and then you go see him the next night, he's got the same routine. But that's not how it works in this. It, it builds every night. And so I want you to be in those. Then secondly, and this is very important, it's very important that you get plugged in to a local church. And by a local church, I mean this specific local church. So... Because Pastor Tom, any church that stayed open during COVID, that's all you need to know about the pastor, that he cares about the sheep. So um, if you don't have a church, please make this your church. What time do you guys meet on Sunday morning? 10 o'clock, like, like mine in Pittsburgh. So 10 a.m. And then if you already have a local church, just send them an email and let them know. Thanks for the memories. But you're not gonna be there anymore. You, you're coming to this church. They'll understand. So um, I mean that if you'll make it sounds like it sounds like it's oversimplistic, but if you'll just make the simple priority of clearing out Sunday morning to be in the house of God at Foundation Church, that will order the rest of your life. If you sit under the word of God to start the week, the Bible gives a promise. If you give God the first day of that week, he'll bless you in the next six days more than the heathen are in seven days. Ask Chick-fil-A whether that is metaphor or not. Chick-fil-A is now at 4.4 million per franchise, and, the, and uh, Berg, uh, McDonald's is the next closest at three-something, and they're open an extra day. You can't beat the blessing of God, and it's not even like you have to be here all day, and they have to give you a day for religious exemption. Please be in this church. Let me see real quick. Because you're, the Lord loves you, he's going to do an extra thing for you. Let me see your right hand. Lift the other hand up to the Lord.
so I, I, I hope you know, I'm not blowing smoke. You can look in my eyes and tell them, tell them the truth. I love you. I'm, I know the Lord sent me here for you. And then I'm gonna meet your friends this week because you're gonna go tell them, listen, you gotta come to church with me. I say, you know, it's Monday. No, I know. But uh, you gotta come and get as many people out here as you can. And people, when I was preaching, if you were thinking, man, I wish she was here. I wish my mom was here. Bring them. Let them hear the word. And like what God did for that lady at 97 pounds and what God's doing for other ladies, he'll do for you. Amen? So, let me swing it to my, my brother. Amen. I think I'm all cried out. <clears throat> I just want to reemphasize something Jonathan said. We're going to pray, then we're going to go. This is only going to go like this all week long. I'm serious. You've seen nothing yet. Pastor Jonathan just got back from Montreal, and it started off like this, and they ended up, how many were in that building at the end? Overflow. That's in Canada. It's amazing. Pray that God opens up the door for you to invite somebody. Don't find a reason to miss. If you want it, you will experience the Holy Ghost like you never have before in your life. And I don't care what your past is. Now, I'm not allowed to preach because I promised everybody that I would not preach so people that hate me would still come. So I can't preach any more than that. God bless all of you. Every hand up in the air. Lord, your blessings upon them, your power upon them. In Jesus' mighty name, church shouts one more time. So be it. Amen and amen. God bless you. You are dismissed. Wait, real, real quick before the dismissal. I, I, I was uh, turning to Pastor Tom to plug the church. I want to receive an offering. Some people came just tonight and aren't able to come any other night, so I'm not going to drag it out. But, but if you'd like to give tonight, you can, go, you can turn to your seats from the altar. You've been standing long enough. Give their new brothers and sisters in Christ a big hand clap. Give Jesus one more great big hand clap. Stay up with me. Then once they get back, you can be seated. Uh, offering envelopes are where? Oh, you got them. So... Go ahead and pass the offering envelopes out. If you'd like one, just lift a hand. And then I want you, we're going to give you an opportunity to sow. This is going to go to Revival today. Some of you came and already packaged something to give. Drove from out of state or uh, from across Florida. And I want to say thank you for giving tonight. Those of you that are online, you can go to RevivalToday.com and click Give Now. RevivalToday.com and click Give Now. How many of you were blessed tonight? Amen. Thank you for your giving. Thanks for helping us send the gospel all over the world. I'll be on Daystar Television in the afternoon. Uh, tw time do I come on? One o'clock? One o'clock, I think. One to two. So if you want to watch me before you watch me tonight and see what God's doing, 
you can watch on Daystar. And uh, if you're watching online and you're anywhere around Venice, Florida, or in Florida can get here, you won't be sorry that you did. Georgia, the Panhandle, it's worth flying to. This is going to be a great week of meetings. Just real quick, and I, again, I'm not allowed to preach, so I'm not going to. I'm just going to tell you a story. Very briefly, and some of you have heard this before, but when we were trying to get this building, this has to do with Jonathan, we, I was like, I'm a very conservative person. Now, you, Jonathan is not. <laughs> Jonathan, Jonathan will just do. I, I hedge sometimes. Jonathan, I don't mean this, I'm not talking about politics. I'm just talking about, I, I hold back. And I was like, you know what, Lord, and I wanna, I'm, I'm telling you this for your seed tonight. And I pray, I, I preach this this morning. Some of you never receive financial blessings because you refuse, you, you, you hedge, you hesitate. Don't hesitate. And this is what I did. I'm gonna show you how I hesitated. But what, did I, what I ended up doing when it was confirmed to me. When we were about to purchase this building, we had to put down $750,000. And at that time, we had about $850,000 in the bank, and I knew what we were gonna have to do this building. Plus, I knew we had to meet payroll and pay bills and everything else. And I, what my conservative nature was, man, I don't wanna have $100,000 in the bank that will quickly turn to 40, that will quickly turn to 30. So I said, Lord, I want a million dollars in the bank. A million dollars. It's a church that, a year and a half prior to that, never broke 30,000. And I'm praying, Lord, I want a million dollars. What I did to change from going from a $30,000, 16 and a half year accumulation took me to get to 30,000, was I sowed seed to the right ministry. And you're like, oh, you sound like some kind of TV preacher. Well, then just stay poor. Don't pay attention to any noises. That's just somebody, either somebody being stupid or the devil. L listen. Listen, because this is for you. When you give to the right places, and I'm swiping this from Jonathan, you hop into the flow. You don't need, you don't even, if you jump into the Colorado River, you don't even need to swim. It'll take you where it wants to go. And that's what I did with Pastor Rodney and Pastor Jonathan. I just hopped in, I gave them my tithe. And so on the, when we were about to purchase this building, I said, Lord, I want a million dollars in the bank because I don't want to be that low. And God said to me, and I'm as clear as God has ever spoken to me, then you're going to have to sow a seed. And I said, how much, Lord? And he says, well, you want $150,000, so you will sow 10%. And I said, where? I said, where? And one word came to my mind, Jonathan. So I told God, here's the mighty man of faith. I'll think about it. <laughs> and I went back and I, next night, in my very tough Florida life, I was getting out of the hot tub. <laughs> Don't picture the shirtless thing. It, if you're a woman, it'll turn you a lesbian in like two seconds. Don't think about me shirtless. But anyway, so I'm getting out of the hot tub some of you are catching that now. But anyway, I have, I have different sorts of ministries. I can turn people, but anyway. So I was getting out, and I just said, I popped my head in the door, and I said to Hope, we have to send Jonathan $15,000 right now. 
And she answered me, well, someone just sent us 15,000. That's how God works. And what happened was, I sent it in. A woman flies from Dallas, Texas, gets on a plane, and this is at our old building, flies into Florida, comes into our building and writes Foundation Church a check for $200,000, walks right back out, and then flies back to Texas, and I haven't seen her since. That's how God works. Or you can go with the Biden economy. So if you haven't written a check yet or paid via whatever, I'm not a tech guy, paid whatever, get into the flow. We've seen physical miracles tonight. It's time for financial miracles. Amen? Amen. Praise you, Lord. Can I pray over the offering? Lord, we just pray over the offering tonight. Lord, we ask you to manifest it. Make it huge, huge in Jesus' mighty name. And now for the last time, the church shouts, amen and amen.